Hello, and welcome back to the Micro Advice Podcast, providing you with an island of reliability during these troubling times. Today, our spotlight is on Little Bamboo Research Labs, a Seattle-based startup that develops visual analytics products for digital marketers, growth hackers, and customer success leaders. To learn a little bit more about how they are disrupting data science and the analytics marketplace, we're here with co-founder Rob Schaefer. Rob, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Glad to be here. Absolutely. I really am looking forward to hearing what you have to talk about in this space. So when you and I last spoke, you piqued my interest in that you described how Little Bamboo was transforming data visualization services with a rapid application development to basically provide better customer experience and you know help your customers understand the sort of data trends and, and how to be better informed in their decision making. So given that, uh, I, I want to expand on our previous conversation and talk a, a, a little about what led you to start Little Bamboo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, pleasure to be here. The um, yeah, when launching Little Bamboo in 2016, we saw this really huge opportunity to target descriptive analytics use cases where um, so the marketing hype has let everybody think about machine learning, but. Ultimately, describing your data gives you that basis so that you can approach problems with the understanding that you might still need to collect more data and describe that data further before you can really experiment and get that, get to that level of sophistication. So our goal was really to accelerate that process with, as you mentioned, the rapid analytic application development. Uh, so we see ourselves really helping those enterprises, whether it's in healthcare or with a digital marketing purpose accelerate their data-driven thinking and use those insights within some consumable element, whether it's a data visualization or a guided visual analytics or something embedded in an application stack. So uh, yeah, naturally when you talk to a technologist, you, you want to hammer something with, uh, you want to hammer a nail with your hammer, but uh, we see this really truly as a working backward process where you think about the business outcome and then you start aligning that with your data objectives. Okay. So that, that's really interesting. And I feel like this is such a hot space right now with the data analytics and the visualization and how to basically you know, develop more informed decisions. So with that, who is your ideal customer and how did you narrow down to that, that customer segment? Yeah, great question. I think when I think about customers that we work with, I think about the traits um, that they bring to the table. They're uh, typically very data hungry and they're data centered. Uh, they typically want to work on big problems. Um, they're wanting to use analysis to drive their business outcomes and align that with a process that they can almost build a triptych around and think about the directions that they need to take as they approach those outcomes, depending on what comes up as they're on that, on that journey. Um, so we see that really as one of the critical elements to our customer relationship is, is how they think about data fluency and, and data as a means to really drive opportunity and discover risks. Um, one really good example is partnering with the Anthem AI uh, Innovation Lab uh, working within some of the challenges that their digital incubation lab spins out where you get access to uh, claims data associated with one in every eight Americans and uh, using that de-identified, certified de-identified data set to build ground truth for models around mental illness, looking at substance abuse, uh, looking at things like maternal health challenges. Uh, they're really effectively engaging the innovation community to really spin up some of these really cool concepts that they can then bring into their data science pipelines and then 
productized. So if they're building apps for maternal health use cases or uh, for nursing communities, they can think about how that data enrichment process can really be accelerated by just uh, thoughtfully serving that uh, ability and that capability out to the user community. Um, another really interesting partner that, that we see um, here thinking about data um, is the Innovation Solutions Consortium based out of Virginia. Um, they're taking a very interesting approach to crowdsourcing ideation and some of the content that comes out of communities that might be focused on a, a specific domain, uh, whether it's operational readiness or some of the things that you might see as a really a data collection challenge and instrumenting that with a pipeline and then putting that into practice with a data visualization. Um, that's really a, the essence of rapid analytic application development operationalized. So we see ourselves as a service team really focusing on the smaller challenges that that really lead to big outcomes. Um, and so thinking big as, as the endpoint and then working your way back, these companies you know, really are choosing to do that. And then um, really the last company that I'd talk about um, is here locally, a company called View Data, and thinking about the way in which they accelerate digital marketing and some of the IT investments that a company is making to reach customers more quickly, capture them, and really treat them um, as if they're on a journey. I think this is really the essence of customer success today is you have this process to really get to an end state where the customers are, are really at the forefront of driving some of these data-driven investments. Yeah, that's fascinating. And I heard you mention key terms like journey and you know, how the customer success world is getting looped into this. And as you know, that's kind of the sweet spot of where the podcast aims to go. So uh, a question I had thought of as you were speaking is how are you with Little Bamboo meeting these customer needs? Because these seem like pretty big challenges that they have. Yeah, absolutely. This is a part of why we've taken a really long-term approach uh, starting in 2016, uh, delivering services. We, we see that now in the COVID world, uh, there's been a lot of changes. So we're traditionally, we've been services-based. We've had to uh, essentially codify a lot of the best practices that we use in some of the manual services delivery and refactor that into something that we call a blueprint. And we see that as really the key to some of the customer success models that we've instrumented at some of these organizations. And so that blueprint, it becomes really this ability to test for production much more quickly uh, than if you were to go through more of that traditional life cycle uh, where you're connecting to data and building out your pipelines uh, from scratch. And so these tools, uh, whether they're provided from companies like Databricks or Tableau, we, we take those and we build those into more of a custom blueprint that becomes a toolkit that we can apply to either verticals or to use cases within those verticals. So digital marketing, uh, being better search engine optimized, being able to understand which topics uh, relate to some of the things happening in your campaigns building that optimization score in Google Ads. Um, these are the things that we see as data-driven concepts that ultimately need these blueprints to succeed quickly. And then you can move on to those predictive tasks that ultimately require that data science-based uh, model development process. And that's the fun stuff everybody wants to get to. But Jim, everybody's been talking about the volume, velocity, variety issue in uh, the last couple of decades. And when you think about what machine learning and deep learning are about, it's it's dealing with those large problems. But we see descriptive analytics and visual analytics as really the first key to enable that. And if we can get there quickly and we can do that within production, uh, then we can prove out our value and ultimately get to that next layer where the blueprint becomes a product. That's fascinating. So I heard you mention blueprint. Can we dig into that a little deeper? What would a blueprint look like from the customer's perspective? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, from a customer's perspective, what you're looking at is somebody who's going to come in and bring a set of tools, whether it's a codified notebook or a workbook with visual analytics and visualizations embedded in them, um, and a set of subject matter expertise that they can tap on and scale upon and ultimately get you to an end state much more quickly. Uh, most data scientists will spend the, fir the first 90% of their time with the data set uh, on data engineering tasks. And so with that element, if it's understanding uh, who's in an email marketing list or uh, who's who should be in a customer segment, uh, we see that really as a data science challenge. So if we can eliminate that 90% of data engineering or at least uh, compress it uh, so that you can still learn from it and, and adopt it, uh, then we can solve for that problem. So the, from a customer perspective, it's really about somebody coming in who has the tools and knowledge to do something very quickly and leave you with the capability that you can then link into workflow and, and some of the things that you need to get out of it. So I'd imagine whenever you're executing on these blueprints and doing the work, you collect large quantities of data and, and data elements. How do you ensure quality through that? Because in, in my experience, collecting large batches of data, one of the biggest issues has always been quality, which requires a lot of time, cleansing it and, and filling in some of the gaps or duplicative data elements. So how do you, in your work, ensure quality? Yeah, this is really big right now. The concepts of ensuring data quality, it really requires sound monitoring and a thoughtful approach to the way you collect it, the way you process it, the way you catalog and tag it as it goes through something called the data lineage lifecycle. Um, the, the idea that there's a chain of custody associated with how the data is sourced and how it's presented to an end user, there's an element of trust and data efficacy that goes into this whole this whole concept. So uh, when we talk to new customers, they're they're thinking about this concept of data freshness and how they can get something into the way in which they're thinking about making a decision. Um, and that's really what everyone wants. So for Little Bamboo, we, we want to try to solve for as an approach that leverages this using not just um, the, the subject matter, but we want to put it into a codified checklist. So as a blueprint, we have some things that must pass a QA process in order to get into the pipeline. Uh, we also use flow control tools so that we can tag models as they're going through the different states of change. And we can give that sophistication down to the customer so they can understand what's in the model as it relates to what's being predicted. So these are some of the challenges for data scientists today, the concepts of data provenance and how that leads it into um, the trust and efficacy of what you're seeing. And then if there is forensic analysis, uh, you know, like the GDPR and what's happening across uh, the 26 or so states that have ad adopted those similar practices, uh, we're seeing that as really driving and, and leading to a lot of the value for uh, not just security and compliance, but what does the customer uh, think of this? How How is the customer's privacy being managed? Is their data being used for something other than what they, they thought it was in intended for? And so having that ability to tag that in the right way enables some of the public domain researchers to participate at a much higher scale and start to do really cool things. Hey, real quick, before we jump to the next question, you mentioned an acronym in there, uh, GDPR. Is that, did I get that one right? Yeah, the general data protection um, requirement. This is something that okay. um, big, big sea change uh, back in 2018 that occurred for uh, even public websites. So thinking about how the terms of service and how the data provenance associated with how and where data is processed mm -hmm. uh, really forced a lot of enterprises to change. And they're still dealing with some of the effects of that. 
what that means though is downstream, you also have the effects of organizations that are building, um, let's say it's a model to predict who's going to click on an ad um, using data that is, is collected from mechanisms that don't pass those GDPR principles. There might be some poison in the well, so to speak. So there's, there's a very um, sort of thoughtful approach that needs to happen uh, with organizations that are uh, getting into the data collection and data processing ecosystem. Yeah. Okay. Thank, thank you for clarifying that. I just wanted to make sure that uh, our, our listeners understood exactly what that protection a- aims to achieve. Um, Rob, given all of your experience in this, I would imagine through your journey with Little Bamboo, you've picked up a tip or trick or two. Um, can you offer any advice to the listeners around data analytics or visualization that they may be able to employ today? Yeah, absolutely. The The number one thing I would say is that there really is no secret sauce. Um, the, the projects that typically succeed are those that work to keep it really simple on the way in which they think about everything from defining the problem to the way in which they work backwards to the outcomes in, in which they hope to gain from solving that problem. And uh, to me, that's the, the element of data analysis and data visualization where you can use this as just one element of your value chain. It's not necessarily something that will drive you to uh, the full suite of decision-making systems. There's still people and process and policy that has to be adopted around what it is that you're bringing into your environment, how you're, how you're consuming insights from that environment. Uh, so for us, it's uh, something we we like to think about using uh, data for building your ground truth. Every organization is thinking about building their own um, original truth or ground truth so they can base decisions. And uh, to us, descriptive analytics is just one element of that. And if you can keep it simple, then you're much more likely to be successful. Okay, that's perfect. Uh, that That really does make sense in terms of kind of keeping it simple, building up from the ground, uh, ground truth or centralized truth. So Rob, last question for today, uh, before we let you go, I, I really do appreciate you offering such detailed and thorough responses. Um, what does success look like for you? And where do you see the future of Little Bamboo from here forward? <laughs> yeah, good question. You know, we, we always want to do really big things, but uh, for us, you know, success really is about earning our customers' trust and keeping it. I think when you're going through times of COVID and this environment is super, super challenging, it can be really tough to make sure that you're continuing to provide value and you're continuing to re-earn that trust. So to us, we see it as a really big opportunity to really win those moments of trust and continue to earn that as, as these times of crisis present themselves. So thinking about what success looks like, not just from their perspective, but what does success look like from their customer's perspective and working backwards from that, I think is a really, really big help for us. So uh, finding customers that we can align with and really grow and scale, um, you know, for the past 15 years, I've, I've spent in the tech industry uh, supporting the largest enterprises in the world. I think, you know, being at a, a small company like Little Bamboo, I've, I've learned that the character of the people that you bring into your team is, is even more important than skill set. And so for success, for us, it's really about surrounding ourselves with the right people, with the right character, and really aligning to do something really big with that. That's fantastic. Thank you very much, Rob, for taking the time to speak with us today. And for the yeah. listening audience, thank you for attending, uh, hearing Rob speak. If you have any questions for myself or Rob, 
I will be sure to add our contact information in the box below. If you enjoy this podcast and the others, please like it, drop a comment, a question. Uh, if you do get tired of seeing our smiling faces, you can find us not only on YouTube, but also on Spotify and iTunes. Rob, thank you very much. And hopefully we all see you here again next week. Great. Thank you.